All right, let's hope this works. And what I don't like is if the business is true that you left your moms in the hood, somebody go smoke that you. You don't leave your moms nowhere. You have money and you left your moms there? Yo, you're sick to my <laughs> stomach, fam. But if it's not true, Shorty's just talking shit. The Toronto <laughs> accent gotta be the worst. <laughs> Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Oh my god. Okay, so this has been like my favorite clip all week. Um, that is the Toronto artist Plush, who was on an interview and um, I guess discussing different things about Toronto, but that clip has circulated around uh, to Americans and people from outside of the GTA being like, what in the hell is this accent? Um, I'm just going to play the audio of that again because we got to hear this it's so funny and what i don't like is if the business is true that you left your moms in the hood somebody go smoke that you you don't leave your moms nowhere you have money and you left your moms there yo you're sick to my stomach fam but if it's not <laughs> you're sick to my stomach fam is my favorite line ever like that's, <laughs> that's so good so i mean obviously like there's a lot of different um uh, different cultures in Toronto, a lot of different immigrants from different places. So there is a certain, like if you grow up in certain neighborhoods, like you kind of hear a mix of different things, but it's the people that unorganically pick it up in a received pronunciation type of way where it's like, they're putting it on that I have a problem with where it, like she goes on to say, you know, Oh, this is where I grew up and yada, yada. But like, I know some people like I went to school in Oshawa. I know people that talk like this. Like it's a thing. I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do you think? Have you ever heard people talk like this? No, like I, no, I, never. I, I drive all over. Maybe I, I deal with people who I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to get, get into that too deep, but no, I, I literally drive all over the province and I've never heard anybody talk like that. Yo, you're sick to my stomach, fam. But if it's not... I want to just cut that and make it its own thing. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so funny because it's like... I mean, if you saw the video, it doesn't make sense that this girl talks like that. That's where I'll leave it. Is, um, is that the new sound clip for when Klingberg's trying to defend? Oh, we're, we're, can, we can find so many uses for you're sick to my stomach, fam. <laughs> right? This, um, I guess, kind of we can blame Drake for popularizing this. Like he definitely put it on, uh, inorganically or unorganically, whatever's proper. Um, he, he talks like this in his, you know, in videos and stuff, like when he's put on and on camera. Um, so yeah, people have started picking it up from him and it just became the Toronto speak, but, uh, yeah, it bleeds its way into the greater Toronto area. And, uh, depending on how far from Toronto you are and you hear it, it gets weirder and weirder and you can tell how much people wish they lived in the city. Anyway. No. <laughs> 
Yo, you're sick to my stomach, fam. But if <laughs> Okay. So um what else made me sick to my stomach, fam, is um another game where it seems like only the core four are performing and everybody else is just kind of there. And we are basically I, I wanna say lucky that we have Taveras and Nylander or else we would be kind of in the position that the Oilers are in. Like we're we're a line away from being where they're at. Like we have very little production outside of the guys that we're paying a ton of money to. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um you posed the question before the game of, of what you would want to see like out of the buds tonight and my answer my answer was consistency in the bottom six and maybe no no big oopsies, no big big screw ups. And like say what you want about the team. The big boys have showed up this year. All this discourse oh, about God. Marner not being good, I, I don't know where that's coming from. Like Matthews, you don't have to say anything about him. He's been incredible so far. Marner's played really well. Tavares has somehow become a like ten times better skater in his thirties. Like that that gives maybe some hope to me of improving my skating. But like the 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 big boys are showing up. It's just we're not getting anything else. And I hate to be that guy because I I feel like I'm normally the eternal optimist. But I was messaging back and forth with our buddy Marty, and I'm almost at the point that maybe Keith needs to go. Well, it's like I was saying with stuff on the last show. You don't have to coach Marner, Matthews, Tavares, and Nylander on how to score. Like they can do that on their own. So it's everything else that falls on Keith, and everything else has been shit. Like it's really unfortunate, is what I was thinking watching this game. That all of these guys are having what's looking like career years already by November 4th and they have absolutely no support around them. Like it, they should be so much better right now because these guys are have like Matthews has three hat tricks already in 11 games. That's fucking crazy. They should, they should not have lost as many games as they have. And in the fashion that they've lost them. No, you're hundred percent right. And like, I know there's injuries on the back end. So the defense is a little thin and we can get into that a little bit later. But it's not even just that. Aside from the occasionally spotty goaltending, and I'm not saying that's what happened tonight. There was one goal for sure he should have had. But aside from that, he, he Joseph Wall was actually pretty good tonight, in my opinion. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but it's... I don't want to say it's the lack of effort. It's just there's so many times where if it's not the big guys like the 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 complaint that you used to get about Nylander every single game I feel like that's my thoughts towards most of the roster other than the core right now as horrible as that is to say like JT Marner Matthews Tavares Riley they're all busting their balls Nylander busting his balls but everybody else like we were talking a little bit before we got on your, your thoughts on Bertuzzi. Like he's kind of been a little lazy. Yeah. The fact that he got caught that too many men on the ice. I mean, some people were saying Yarn Croak shouldn't have touched the puck there. He shouldn't have played it, but like Bertuzzi should have been on the bench. 
Like he was in no rush to get off. The same thing happened at the end of the game. There was that offside. He was in no rush to get back over the line. And Tavares turned around to go and he's like, oh, shit, why are you still over here? Like now we're offside. Like, thanks a lot. So this guy <laughs> just seems and his passes like the one handed passes and just ones it's like to nobody is it's insane. Put and two hands on I your gotta, stick. Yeah. The the commentator was like, oh, and that one managed to find Tavares. I'm like, no, no, no. Tavares managed to find that. Like the puck didn't go to him. He went to the puck and stole it back after Bertuzzi coughed it up because he made a bad pass. Like I don't everyone's saying it's the the one year deal. Like he just he doesn't care enough to to change how he plays or, you know, buy into a culture because he's leaving town. You know, you could tell by the way he was laughing on the bench when the Marchand shit went down. Like he's not sticking around. He's like, I, this was a mistake. I don't fit in here. But the thing about the one year deal is like, you're telling me he chose one year, five and a half million in Toronto when he had better options. No, I think like he I th- thought that this would be a good fit and that, you know, they fed him this narrative. You know, it's a new GM. I'm going to bring in you and Reeves and Domi and we're going to we're going to bring a different feel to this team. And so far, none of those guys have done that. And Bertuzzi's like, yeah, this this didn't pan out. I'm out. Like, that's kind of what it feels like now. A few games in, he made up his mind and just checked out. Get rid of him. Exactly. That's like, where that's kind of where a lot of people are at is like, if this guy's not going to buy in, like, why are we even keeping him around? Like, I'm sure somebody else wants him. And it's not like, eh, I mean, it sucks that we'd probably have to take a hit on it because obviously we're going to be shopping him. But I don't know. Anything seems more useful than spending five and a half mil on him. And again, like I said to Steph last time, everybody else we've tried to put into that position has been someone that costs like less than two million dollars between Nick Ritchie and Hyman and um and bunting like it's all been cheap guys that we've been lucky to find and this time it was no let's spend on someone that we know is going to produce and he isn't so it just seems like a huge waste of money like i know we can go back to to my earlier episodes and i know it's early (laughs) but that only that that concept that idea only goes so far because like someone like Domi, for instance, I have been very happy with Domi's game. He's not potting goals in, but the guy's given it his all. Every time he's out there, he's trying to make every defensive play he can. He's trying to make every smart play he can. Like, I have no issues with the play of Domi right now. But it's it's everything that Bertuzzi's not able to do. Like, I saw him make a hit tonight, and I think that might be the first hit I've actually noticed him lay all season since we've got him. He can't well, yeah, accept the first the period, pass. the Leafs had a season-high 13 hits. I saw a lot of people throw them that haven't all season, and I'm like, oh, look at this. We might actually be changing it. That, that team meeting that Fridge talked about that uh, everyone had to sit through with Treliving and Keith might have done something, but it seemed to only last. Uh, it seemed to kick in about two minutes into the first and last until the end of the first. Yeah, but like, it's really weird because I I haven't, in previous seasons, I haven't found myself in this position where I'm agreeing with some of the media, and and that frightens me. I don't don't know if if maybe they're right, or hopefully I'm just wrong, and it's still early, and and they can bounce back, and, and... I'm not saying salvage the season like that. We're not the Oilers here. It's not all fallen to shit, but we are being carried by guys that should be carrying things. Right. But they shouldn't be doing it alone. Yes. 
it's it's the Sundine era all over again, basically. Like, okay, guys, oh hop on my back. I'm going to drag you through this. And it, it shouldn't be that. Like, there was glimpses. Gregor had a couple really good shifts. Yeah, Gregor's, Gregor and Lagesson both were great. And uh, I'm I've, glad because, I've, I mean, they're people that we noticed in, in preseason. And we're like, oh, I hope they, they get a shot. And Lagesson has I, held it up. Legison has played really well. I've been really impressed with him so far. Um, Holmberg had a couple really good shifts. He's got a little bit of bite to him, which I like. I, I kind of want to see a little bit more of that. But it, it, we're not getting enough in the bottom six. No. And I mean, at the same time, this time last year, we were talking, you know, the sky is falling. So Bertuzzi could still finish the season with 30 goals if he kicks it off this week. Right. Like, who knows? But at this point, it just it's not looking bright uh, real quick. I just want to because you did mention and I totally forgot. I asked for what everyone wants to see this game. And the resounding uh, consensus was basically a, a good, solid 60 minutes of heart and passion and giving a shit like everybody basically wanted the same thing that we heard from this team meeting is like, guys, play a full 60 minutes where it looks like you care and stand up for each other and, you know, play the fucking game. Like that's why is that so hard for you guys? Like we're, we're being called soft by everybody all over again. Like this team hasn't changed this entire time. And, you know, it doesn't matter who's here. Somehow you all turn soft. So what's going on? So everybody seemed to have the same feeling there. But the other thing that's funny is people were like, oh, I want to see them score five or six goals. Five wouldn't have even done it tonight. Like we're we're in Oilers territory where we're like, you know, obviously it's not on our goaltender, but fuck. Trying to outscore problems. Well, and that's that's the thing, right? Like even if you look at, at Money Puck, and I know it's not everything, but like five on five expected goal percentage. We had one player above 60%. Can you guess who that was? Ooh, um, Matthews. Noah Gregor. Wow. What? Damn. That This is five on five. Like if you go to all situations, it's probably a little different, but like. Well, no, I noticed that five on five, everything really slowed down. If they came off a power play, it was like, oh, they look great. And we're back to shit. And like as a player like Matthews, like you tied the game three fucking times. So annoying, man. It's like his first game all over again. It doesn't matter what you do. Like that's got to get disheartening. Um and I, I want to say you want to see more from, you know, like in the past, this is the type of game where we'd be looking at Tavares. Like, okay, show your leadership, say something in the room, do something. But like with how his play has been this year, I think he's almost exempt from any criticism. Like the guy, is, I've I've never seen him play this well. Oh, Honest yeah. To Even, God. But they were talking on the broadcast, the way that he was able to shift from, oh, my forehand's not going to work here. Let's just go for a backhand. He almost scored that. Like the guy is still quick. He's still just as smart. Like it's that those things don't go away. So uh, I think he's really starting to hone it in and figure out how he's the most useful at this stage in his career. So I got to give the guy credit. He's having a fantastic season. Yeah. And it's really good to see. We just, we, we need to hope that the big boys can keep the team level enough for the rest of the team to kind of figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Figuring out what the hell's going on seems to be something that we're going to have to count on the team to do, because I don't think Brad's going to make too many uh, moves right now because the Leafs obviously publicly are 
struggling in certain areas. So you're not going to be able to buy on anything. We've got so many injuries. You don't have the cap space. So it's like he's kind of stuck. We have $44,000 in cap space. Oh, great. Great. <laughs> Take the guys out for dinner. Uh, I do want to credit. Uh, I mean, obviously, we mentioned Matthews at the hat trick, which is his third in 11 games. But <clears throat> that pass from Cali Yarncroke to Marner for the breakaway. Oh, my God. A thing of beauty. That was a that was a Jake Muzzin feed. Like, yeah, ugh. that that was really, really nice. And that's something that you would really only see. Well, that typically you're only going to see from a veteran player, right? Because so many times you get the like rookies or second, third year players that they're almost afraid to make that kind of a play because they don't want it to screw up and, and go the other way, right? Oh, yeah. And especially from somebody like Yarn Croak, like let alone veterans, forwards don't usually do things like that. So it was uh, it was really cool to see them connect on that. Also, uh, on the flip side on breakaways, Joseph Wall stopping the uh, breakaway from Paterka. Man, that guy's on fire. I might have to grab him in fantasy before anybody else does. So and and, and yet again, I, I've been texting Marty a lot lately. Shout out, Marty. Um, Sports is your... fun. Loving your little mini episodes, and I'm actually really impressed that you're recording them in your car on your phone. Like that's kind of crazy. Carcast baby, love it. <laughs> um, but like first period, I was texting him saying like I I love watching Joseph Wall play like ten the goal because just the 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 efficiency, the calmness he has back in there, and then when shit does hit the fan, he has the athleticism to sprawl out and what looks like dislocate his hip to make saves. And like the guy's incredibly athletic. So I love seeing it. Um, oh, I wish he had that one that snuck behind him so bad. He, he was he so angry was about there. that one. Oh, so See, close. That, that one I'm not as worried about as the Skinner one. Was Skinner coming in off the wing there? Like that's not Ovechkin. That's not no. Matthews. That's not one of the players who has a release that is going to beat anybody. Like, no offense to Skinner, but that's an AHL goal. Like, really, short side like that, that's called the AHL side. Like, that, that's Wasn't that just... the one where he had Brody standing in front of him, though? Or was that the one of the power this, play goals? Uh, this was just Skinner coming, like, flying down off the wing, going top shelf over his blocker. Right. That, yeah. yeah, I mean... Like I said, that that one that stuck behind him, I agree with you. It's he basically had it, you know, eight out of ten times. You grab that one, so eh, I'm not super concerned about him. What is he? Twenty six. Wall. Yep, same age as Matthews. Same draft. Oh, true. Um, so I mean, the fact that probably Devin Levi's the next youngest goalie on the other side there at twenty two. Like I don't think there's many guys much younger than Wall. Um, it's it's great that the Leafs can count on somebody this. Uh, consistent really so. well and and realistically without him where would we be right now we'd be going to martin jones yeah like no i'm not gonna rip on sammy because i wasn't able to come on last episode but uh he's like okay last last game sammy had the best game he's had all season but he's still not sammy yeah, he he made a lot of really good saves in the last game. But I mean, look, they still lost. So it's like <laughs> he got to be the difference maker there. Get a couple of those back. But again, the team is not giving him a lot of uh, a lot of chances. Like when you lose Lilligren there and your defensemen are playing 
like uh, Riley played half an hour in that game. So it's kind of, it was rough, but um, there was one thing I wanted to touch on. Oh, the, um, <laughs> what's your opinion? Cause we didn't get to chat about it on the, uh, the Marshawn Lilligren thing. Now that I've, I mentioned him. So to start, I, I know I'm not a professional, anything like that, but I don't care what anybody says. Cause I was seeing reports out there that I, I can't remember who, but someone in the media was saying, Oh, they're just battling to stick battle. And, and Marshawn won the battle. No, he's a fucking dirty rat. I'm pretty sure biz on the, the pregame today said that it wasn't a penalty or shouldn't have been. Well, it wasn't a penalty because Wes McCauley was refing. Well, I know, but he's but like, that's he, he said like, that's not a penalty. You get your stick in between someone's leg and you lift up like that is a Brian McCabe fucking can opener can opener special. Like, yeah, le- leg behind the other guy's leg. Yeah. Um. Now everybody calling out Reeves like Marshawn's not going to fight Reeves because he's a rat. He's not going to do it. The only no. person on that team Marshawn would probably fight would be Marner because he would think he would have an advantage. Like really, because that's the type of player that Marshawn is. Yeah. Um. And sending Reeves out to chase him down, like that's not that's not the move. What I wanted to see more of was like what Klingberg did. Like Klingberg rode yeah. him into the corner hard, took him down. He got up and fucking shoved him back down again. Like that's the kind of stuff that you have to do. You don't need to be chasing like a Neanderthal and swing your stick at the guy's head. Like as much as I wanted to see his teeth knocked out, you you can't go about that. This isn't the eighties. No, like, you can't exactly. Do that. Just give them the extra shove, get up in their face after the whistle, like at the, you know, just make them feel like they're not getting away with everything. Like they actually, like somebody is, is answering for it. Like it's, I feel like a broken record, but it's, it's just insane watching this team night after night do the exact same thing. All of the media and all the fans scream, like, why is this not happening? And again, this comes back to Keith. Like that's one of the things that he has to get out of these guys and he's not so. And then like Lilligren's sitting in the press box right now, injured. Like can't go to Sweden, when, poor guy. When he comes back, like why why am I gonna want to be blocking shots? Why am I gonna be wanting wanting to go in the corners and risk getting drilled into the boards when my team's not even gonna do anything when someone does a dirty play against me? Exactly, like, right? You, like you it sends the message throughout the thought. lineup. Yeah, you start having that kind of thought seep into your mind, which these are professionals that shouldn't. But I guarantee you it does. Well, and look, the first two games we saw guys taking those chances because they're like, you know, I got Tyler Bertuzzi and Ryan Reeves to back me up. And then that wore off really quick when they didn't answer the call. Like as like the first, I'd say two or three games, everything seemed like it was changing in that direction. And then it just like they stopped and then everyone went, oh, so we're not doing this anymore. And they all started you know, backing away from those interactions. Like, I don't, I don't know what to call it. It's not like, it's not fights. It's not, you know, altercations, but like those, those little physical moments that they seem to be shying away from too much. So. Oh, they definitely are. Like everybody talked about how they, they added the snot in the off season. Well, it looks like they all blew their fucking nose and the snot's gone. Like, yeah, it's, it's quite Reeves. concerning to me that Brad Treliving's old team is in thirtieth, uh, thirty-first place, and uh, Dubas's new team is in twenty-eighth. We are f- 
literally the core four away from being in the same position. This is what I mean. Like they're getting carried to the position that they're at right now. Otherwise, we'd be at the bottom. So they got to figure something out because, you know, clock's ticking on these guys. Well, thankfully, we have Matthew signed long term. We have Marner signed for a couple more years. Hopefully, we sign Nylander. Like, I mean, on them being at this level, like, look at this year. It's like what I was saying earlier. You know, they're having what looks to be career years already, and you're going to waste that by not giving them anything to work with. But look at their ages. Like, aside from Tavares, they're all literally entering their prime. So what? We're, we're just writing the season off this long end because, it, like, this is what I mean. We got to do something quick because I don't want to just say like, well, you know, we'll figure it out eventually. These guys will be good for a while. Well, I'm not saying writing the season off, but when you're going through slumps, you need your big guys to be able to do what they're doing. And if this is our slump, when we can still go with a, a better record in October than we had last year and we finished with a great season, like if that's our slump, and it's because the bottom six isn't producing, but the big boys are here to play. At, at, at the in the grand scheme of things, the big picture, maybe that's not a bad thing. Like I know we're frustrated right now. I know it seems like it's the same thing every game as it's been every year. And and we all, like we're calling for Keith. I'm I'm calling for Keith because I'm I'm not I'm not happy with some of the things I'm seeing. But you know, come March. Are we going to be talking about a 100, 105 point team again? If they go on another hot streak, but I mean, they're not exactly in the same position as they were last year. Like there's a couple other teams in the East that are doing well. I mean, people aren't tanking for Bedard like they were last year. I don't think it's going to be as easy to run away with it. Like the haves and have nots last year were, you know, worlds apart because of Bedard. Like we had so many teams break 100 points. So unless the Leafs go on a really hot November, December here, I don't, I don't know. Like they, they really got to figure this out because if these guys can have a night like this and Matthews hits a hat trick and they still lose to the Buffalo Sabres, it's like, like, what are we doing here? Well, it's also isn't the same Sabres team as the past couple of years. Like this Sabres team, I called them making the playoffs to start the season, making the playoffs. And then the Leafs who should be fighting for the president's trophy. Like the, the point is like, they're a team that's fighting for a wild card spot this year. And it, this should not be this much of a challenge. Like the Boston game, I get it. That's a team that you match yourself up against. LA, I get it. That's a team that's in basically the same position as the Leafs. But like the Sabres are like not saying they're bad, but they're a team that's that's fighting to be in a position that the Leafs are in. And we just show them that they're probably better. In the long run, I wouldn't say they're better. Um, just like this is the stereotypical Leafs from the last handful of seasons. You play down to an opponent that you think is inferior. Right. Not saying that the like we lose to the elite Boston Bruins and we lose to the shitty, you know, playing down to the Sabres. Like who are we going to win against then? Like I had to actually check the schedule to see when the Leafs play the San Jose Sharks. Cause I'm like, if it's any time in the next week, I swear to fucking God that the Sharks are getting their first win against the Leafs, but it's not for a while. <laughs> I just couldn't handle that. Like they're playing the penguins right now, actually see if they win. We're five, four and two. It's not 
the best record in the world, but it's definitely not the worst. It's not the worst, but I mean, where does that put us? So five, four and two puts us behind the Bruins, Red Wings and Lightning and ahead of the Canadian Sabres, Panthers and the Sens who just what what next for them? So it's not <laughs> awful, but I mean, we're now in wildcard territory. Like I know it's early, but it's uh, it's not again like we talked about. They had a chance to run away with the beginning of the season with the way this team was built. If everybody came out the way they were supposed to and took advantage of what was going on. Obviously, the, I didn't expect the Bruins to do this. But again, like the Lightning are five, three and three. It's not like they're any better. So this was the chance to get ahead of them and they're not. Everybody was calling for them to for the Leafs to win the President's Trophy this year. I'm okay with not. Like, okay, obviously I'd like them to be a little more consistent than they've been right now. But it's not all about the regular season, right? That's what everybody's been preaching to us the past seven years. Well, regular season doesn't matter. Regular <laughs> season doesn't matter. Get to the playoffs and get yourself in the right mindset. Right? Yeah, I mean, if they get to the playoffs and all of a sudden Bertuzzi is like he was with Boston last year, then great. I'll be happy if he's still here by that time. Like, I just, I don't want it to be this much of a pain in the ass season. Like, we still, there's 82 games we got to watch. And, you know, people pay to go see these games. It's like, I'm spending my time. I don't want to watch them half-ass it and, you know, play Let's Figure It Out for the whole season because... That's not what this this that's not what professional sports is. By the way, the Leafs don't play San Jose until January sixth and 9th, back to back, home and away. What a weird home and away to do back to back on opposite ends of the fucking continent. But okay, yeah, there's they a lot better of... have a win by January sixth. <laughs> there's a lot of schedule and anomalies this year, not just with the Leafs, with everybody. Um, and then you also got to figure in the fact that the Leafs have a little homestand here and then we're going to be going to Sweden. Like it's, it's going to be a weird year for the Leafs. Yeah. Um, I got a fun stat. This is from, uh, I think Kevin Papetti. Uh, Ryan Reeves was a minus two tonight. He has not been on the ice for a Leafs goal yet. That's cause he skates like a fucking cement truck. Actually, yeah, I think somebody even said cement boots. Yeah, Adam Coburn says uh, <laughs> cement boots. <laughs> like, I love his cockiness. I love his attitude. I did not like the signing when it happened. Um, I'm with you. After the first two games, it looked like even just his presence in the dressing room changed things and that the team was going to play a little differently. But, like, I don't know. I, I don't want to blame him for the fourth line being garbage. But... We've talked about it. We've liked the looks of Holmberg. We've liked the looks of Gregor. What else is on the fourth line? Reeves. And like Steph and I were saying on the last show, him and Camp are not on league min contracts. Like Reeves is making 1.35 and Camp is 2.25. Like these guys are not paid to be, you know, just out there throwing hits and taking faceoffs. Like we need something more out of, the, out of both of them. And another shit penalty from camp tonight. I just like, I don't know. He's one of those guys that Keith likes and he's going to keep putting out there. But uh, here we are. Another loss. So the, the camp penalty, that's almost just a guy who's afraid to get in trouble. As silly as that sounds, like 
the position that he was in and the position the rest of the team was in in, the, in that zone, like he could have let him go. He didn't have to bring his hand back around. So that's that's maybe just a guy battling with his own mind there a little bit. Um, but still, it, it it doesn't like it shouldn't happen. Um, I love the, uh, yeah. the commentators talking about Tage Thompson's uh, long arms and height being able to uh, help him with that reach around. Like, oh, nice, nice choice of words. They made a couple uh, weird comments, like uh, calling Darlene the uh, assistant captain. I'm like, you didn't you guys put out like a hockey 101 explaining that the A is alternate captain and not assistant captain. Come on. I um. I also am very happy that they didn't spend the majority of the game comparing Tage Thompson and Mario Lemieux this time. No, but they talked about him like a lot. They oh, spent yeah. every break in between play talking about how tall he is and how big he is, and how strong he is. And then it was between him and Biz. It was like, let's just talk about the away guys tonight. Like whenever it was the panel, they went it like all of them looking at him with Google eyes, like just intently watching and listening to his every word. It was like I tweeted out. He's he was like the cool kid having lunch at their table for the first time. They're all like, oh, my God, like, like, thanks for coming and spending time with us, biz. This is this is an honor. You're so much cooler than we are. You get so many more viewers than we do. I, I didn't mind him being there. Like, oh, I'm I didn't not, either. Uh, it was just funny watching how they all treated him. Oh, definitely. Like, I'm not a huge Bieksa fan. I'm not saying he's a problem or anything, but it was nice having a little bit of a change. Yeah, Ron McLean introducing the uh, the show as the TNT panel. It's like, dude, come on. Like, don't fangirl this hard. You realize you're also like a major professional broadcaster just because you do it in Canada to less people. It's probably more people watching it. Like, your your show is more important. Don't Don't do this. More people know of Ron McLean than Paul Bissonnette. Exactly. Like, ugh. just because their uh, social media is more active doesn't mean shit. Um, so how did we do on the face-off dot tonight after the abysmal last game? Domi's, uh, okay. Face-offs, oh, 68.9% to 31.1%. Go Leafs. You figured out how to take face-offs again. Matthews, 79% on the dot. Camp, 70% on the dot. Yeah, okay, good job, guys. Because Matthews was 0 for 11 last game. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I, I, people were talking like, oh, God, is his wrist screwed up? Is his wrist screwed up? I think it might have just been one of those nights. Like, there is, it, it happens to everybody. It happens to me at work. It happens to me when I try to play any kind of sport. Like, you have games or nights or days where no matter what you do, you just, you, you can't complete a certain task. Um, sorry, I just had to look up. Did Nylander set? Yeah, he did set a new record and is continuing to set the record for point streak. Yep. Good for him to start a season. I wonder what the, what's the longest one for the Leafs like any time? Consecutive point streak? Yeah. I longest. think that would be Marner from a couple seasons ago. No, wasn't it like 23 games or something? Oh, you know what? Yeah, it was. He nailed it last year. Mitch Marner, 23 games. You're right. Boom. Well done. Well done. Yeah, because he broke Sittler's 18 and then just kept going. Fuck, that was fun. But uh, good for Willie, you know. Um, I don't know if you heard 
Um, do you know what those the record is for like the NHL for point streak to start a season? I don't know off the top of my head, but I would I would hazard a guess it's probably in the twenty or thirty game mark. Okay, take a stab at who it is. My first thought would be Gretzky. It's probably not going to be, but it's it's Gretzky. The okay. number will shock and awe you. Um, okay, so when did he get his 50 and what, like, we'll do like 38, 39 games? 54. Hmm. What was that, 83, 84, somewhere in there? Uh, 51, sorry. Uh, 51 game point streak during 83, 84 season. Boom. I had the right season anyways. Well done. Look at this. Um, again, send in questions if you want to try and stump Beaner here. It's, uh, it's a it's fun game to play. It's not that hard to do. <laughs> I, I, I mean, at least like these quick things that I pull up with no prep for you, uh, you usually get, which is impressive. And like I could show like I've got my one tablet with the Sabres game in front of me and I've got the Dallas Vancouver game on in the TV. So it's not like oh. I've got like a whole bunch of stuff open. Uh, speaking of Vancouver, what about that uh, that Vancouver San Jose game, ten to one? So um, the fun stat is that San Jose has scored ten goals all season, six of them at five on five, which is what Vancouver scored on them last night. I just, I'm, I'm really, really surprised that Vancouver has come out playing the way they have. Yeah, because not much has really changed with that team, like personnel wise, and they've been pretty mediocre the last few years. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm surprised that it's it's finally working like out of nowhere. I mean, eventually these guys are going to grow into the roles and Quinn Hughes has been absolutely amazing. So he has hopefully his brother's OK. I don't know if you saw that or not. Jack Ooh, went that, down awkwardly. Yeah. Um, right after I see a bunch of highlights from him and how great he's been playing and everyone talking about him. The next thing I see is he went down hard on a, uh, kind of a breakaway that he went, came in fast and hit the boards. Ugh, scary shit. Yeah. Thankfully Friedman was reporting that it sounds like that they avoided the worst case. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm hoping, uh, there's been too many people injured and it's not good. I always say this for the entertainment value of the league, like too many of these stars get hurt and it just hurts viewership. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that hurts viewership and, and, and one of them starts with B and ends with Etman. Man, I can't believe and Lauer, how candid he was about like, yeah, they definitely withheld information from me in order to get the most money for the sense. Like he's pretty convinced. You know what? I love that because this isn't Jim Balsilli. Like this isn't some new guy coming in. Like Ann Lauer has been a partial owner of the Canadians for years. This is the guy that Bettman picked. He knows the rules. He knows what you're supposed what you're not and what you're supposed to say. Like, the fact that he was so candid and he said what he said, my God, I hope it stays. And it might actually make me kind of like the senators a little bit because not only is it entertaining, maybe it'll make Batman wake up and, and realize that he is no good for this league. 
Like yeah, he should think- not be in the position he's in. As we start to turn over these these older owners, like I know it's tough to get some of these away from families that have owned them forever, but I think as some of these older guards of ownership move on, we're going to start to see more of this where like these guys, they don't give a shit about, about pleasing Batman. It's like you work for us. I pay you like you. You do things to make me more money with the team that I bought. So why are you pulling a fast one on me and trying to scam me out of an extra hundred million dollars for this? Like when you knew you were investigating the team for two different things, you didn't tell me about it. Like, fuck you. Well, and that's the other thing. Like, why did it take so long? It, that's what he's saying. Like, it seems that he's basically convinced and other people were kind of, you know, not saying it out loud until he did that. It seems like Batman just didn't want these things to be public while they were trying to sell the team. And now that it's all settled, and and Lauer has sold his shares of the Canadians. They were like, and by the way, forgot to mention um, the Anaheim Ducks and the Vegas Golden Knights called and they're pissed because Dorian screwed up and you're going to have to pay for it. Also, Shimpanto has been gambling. Yeah. Um, the reports are that a lot of the the push was from Vegas for this investigation and, and for this to keep going forward. And some people are saying that it was because, you know, Vegas already has a reputation of, of being a team that doesn't care about their players or is savage or whatever you want to say, so that they were really pushing to try to help maybe get a win in their favor. And then other people are saying that this might even stem from, like as petty as it sounds, this might even stem from back when the Carlson trade was trying to get figured out. Like Dorian was asking an exorbitant amount from Vegas trade wise to the point that they wouldn't do it. So now they're like, screw you. You wouldn't trade as Carlson. We're not going to let this slide. <laughs> well, yeah. And I don't honestly, I don't blame them because they probably wouldn't have traded for Dadanov in the first place. Had they known that they couldn't flip him to somewhere else because this whole thing, like you can listen to Dangle has a good breakdown on like how it involved so many different contracts and so many different trades. And, you know, Anaheim tried to move the Kessler contract with this. And it was just, there were so many things that happened around this and have, have happened because of this that yeah they they deserve to pay something but it doesn't it shouldn't be a first round pick it should be like i don't know it should be a fine to pierre dorian if anything yeah i that would be a a a sticky situation because especially with the guy not being employed anymore well i mean if the investigation was into whether he was negligent or not then I don't know. It's again. Yeah, you're you're right. It is tough, but like it just it seems stupid to take away a first round pick from the Sens. Like it should be a, a monetary thing because it cost other people money, right? Like it's it's so weird because you had the Kovalchuk instance with New Jersey. I don't know if you remember that vaguely. when they signed that like 17 year deal and then they did some investigation and they're like, no, this is caps or convention because if you look at the contract towards the end of it with the amount of money you're paying in the latter years, it like just to get the, the annual cap hit down, like he's, he's not going to be playing. He's going to be retired by then. So this is circumvention. They slapped the fine. They took draft picks away. Well, that was all right in the midst of ownership change as well. And then the new owner comes in and, Oh, okay, well, we're not going to take your first. We'll just, we'll give you the first at the end of the round. It's like, <sighs> 
I feel like Ann Lauer has grounds to argue this and be like, come on, a first is kind of bullshit. And now that I've come out and talk about this, I feel like I've got a lot of people on my side. The fans are angry. Like, is this really how you want to run this, Gary? Like, I just paid you a shit ton of money for this team. Like, how many of the owners does it take? Because, you know, they've all gone against him on quite a few things this year already. So, I don't know. Fuck it. Um, There was something I wanted to talk about otherwise. Um, Austin Matthews. um, I don't usually care about these brands that people sign on with, but um, he's somebody who people look up to and they use as like the poster boy of the Leafs. And, you know, when you endorse a product like you have to understand that you know the nhl is advertising to very young children especially like this year with you know you got roblox and you know disney stuff and you know it's it's they've realized that their demographic is not teenagers like they got to get kids onto hockey a lot younger because they're losing out to basketball and i get it so when you have austin Matthews sign on with prime energy with um, logan paul and ksi who are recognizable to kids um i think it's unhealthy because you have somebody who um, is on different though he denies it there is tons of evidence of different treatments that Logan Paul is on to look the way he does uh, between stem cell therapy and uh, testosterone replacement and things like he's not naturally the size that he is because he's not a professional athlete outside of his boxing where they basically do not test unless both people agree to be tested. And it's a whole fucking thing. So you have somebody who's promoting an unhealthy physical appearance and a drink that I will link a video in the description of this one um, that I saw uh, that's very eye-opening on what is in prime hydration. Um, And salt is not really one of the things in it. And I don't know how much you guys know about sports hydration, but if you look at the ingredients in... um, Powerade and Gatorade, it like sodium is kind of the way that you replace electrolytes. And the way that Prime gets around this is they have potassium as their electrolyte, which is not as good at hydrating you as sodium is. So they'd be like, oh, we're low sodium, but it still has the electrolytes. It's it's like basically bullshit. And the energy side of Prime is not even legal in Canada because of its caffeine content. So this is a very like basically snake oil product that you now have the biggest face in Toronto hockey signing on with. It's just, it really rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, get your bag, but like, be careful who you get it from because you know, there could be repercussions with things like if prime has a, you know, a falling out with like an FDA um, inquiry or something, or, you know, it gets, you know, hydration gets pulled from Canada too. And like all of a sudden he's, signed on with a brand that isn't available in the country that his team plays in, like it's going to look really stupid on him. Yes. Um, I personally have tried one of them and just cause I saw it and I was like, yeah, it was like a lime flavor or something. I'm a sucker for lime stuff and it tasted like garbage and I will not be buying another one. Um, were you working out when you had it? Were you doing any physical activity or I well, if you could see Bring my body type, you know I don't typically work out too much. But you play um, hockey, I mean, like, did you bring it to a game? Like, no, no, it was just I think I was in the middle of pump testing or something, so like middle of a long day of work. Did a, you a feel typical hydrated? time where I would 
No, it just tasted like drinking chalk. Like it was bad. Yeah, see, this is what I mean. It's it's not a good product. It's not a healthy product. And it's being pushed by an, an unhealthy con artist of a person who has been outed many times for their business ventures being, uh, you know, dishonest in many ways. So I just, that was something that really was like, come on, Austin, I don't like this. You can do better. You can really do better, especially with like, you know, BioSteel being the sponsor of the NHL and them going basically bankrupt. Like you still see these guys drinking from BioSteel bottles. It's like, mm, doesn't this company like owe the NHL money? <laughs> Why are they still advertising for them? So I don't know. Yeah. You gotta be careful. You never know what happens with these drinks. Especially it's such like, a... it's sad that we live in this world, but like anything that's not owned by Coke or Pepsi, like if they haven't given you an offer to buy you out, there's a reason. If they don't want to touch it, they're like, that's going down. Like if we don't want to get on board with it, because trust me, like anything that pops up that could challenge them, they will buy it. Like that's the world, the capitalist world we live in. Like if they're not touching this shit, it's either they didn't offer. I mean, Logan Paul, come on. The whole point of his companies are just to sell them when they get big. So like that, that really just says a lot to me that no one's touching this. Yeah, it's like the whole telecommunications thing in Canada, right? If you're not owned by Bell or Rogers, you're going to go under really quickly. Right. So Prime, I just want to, yeah, marketed by Prime Hydration LLC. Yeah, so their manufacturer is themselves. Um, Distributor Congo Brands. What is Congo Brands? Congo Brands makes Prime, Alani New, 3D Energy... They don't have a Wikipedia page. It's probably very hard to find anything on this. Yeah, they basically just make a bunch of parent company of the most cutting edge brands on the market, including the ones I just named and more. We're growing rapidly full serve. Okay, so it's bullshit. It's some company that just does this for things that other people won't pick up. They're making a quick buck. So again, everybody's making a quick buck on this and I just expected more out of Poppy. You know, I just want them to be a good role model and this is not good role model shit <laughs> that's all yeah no I, I as a dad i could definitely see where you're coming from um on on that side of it but then on the other side patrick's got a, a thing with eating so food and drinks and that he's got a very limited uh menu of what he is even willing to try anyways. So I guess I'm lucky in that sense that he doesn't want to try all these different things. Well, I mean, I guess it's not, I shouldn't be hitting on hating on him, not hitting on him, hating on him so much uh, because, you know, obviously all these guys are in sports betting ads, which are, you know, say what you will about that. It's, you know, it's gambling um, and sponsoring other kinds of things. It's just like, this one is so, like one specific brand that you, you know, it's, I don't know. It just really rubbed me the wrong way just because of the way that it's marketed and, and it, it could go to children, right? Like kids could buy this and, and um, there's dangers to being dehydrated when you're, you're working out. So I got to link uh, a video that's really descriptive on, on how, like what's in this and what's not in this. So, Yeah. To my stomach, fam. But if it's <laughs> sick to my stomach, fam. 
Um, there was something else I wanted to talk about, but I cannot for the life of me remember it. Is there something that's gone on in the last like 48 hours in hockey that I would be like, we got to talk about this. It might have just been um, The Oilers are a dumpster fire. Yeah, the Oilers are a dumpster fire, and so are the uh, Calgary Flames. It's funny that the, one of the Oilers only wins is against Calgary, too. <laughs> yeah, outdoors. Just, they haven't won yeah. at home in Rogers' place since the season started. So who do we think um, is going to have the worst season between the two of them? My money's probably to. on Calgary long term. Like it's got to be. Yeah, Kadri's like, still it, the worst for plus minus in the whole league, which is crazy. The whole league, not just the team. Wild. So, what do you think happens Monday? Um, Tampa and Toronto. What happens? Um, I honestly think they're going to just pretend that they didn't make a huge deal about having a team meeting and everything before this game and just kind of go silent until Monday as far as like management and ownership and media and stuff goes. I don't think they're going to talk to anybody. Um, I think it's just going to be a a show up and do your job kind of game. Um, And they'll probably do fine. Um. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm expecting a boring but efficient hockey game. Like everybody just kind of not taking chances and just doing what the coach says. Like I feel like it's just going to be one of those. What do you think? I'm actually. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Like as silly as that sounds, because that would mean that they're showing up and they're doing what they're supposed to. Like. It, it's it, it's one of those games that you would initially think, hey, you know, maybe maybe it's not going to go well, but then they come out and surprise you, right? We've got Tampa on Monday, we have Ottawa on Wednesday, and then the Flames on Friday. So it's definitely a week that we can get some points, but we need to clean up some things. Yeah, and when I say like doing what the coach says, I feel like it's going to be a, a less entertaining night from uh, from Matthews and Marner and Willie uh, because they, I feel like, are not going to be, like like I said before, taking chances and doing that little extra. I feel like it's going to be a pretty low-key game for them. We'll see a goal from, from somebody on like the second or third line or something. Um, I feel like it's going to be like a 3-2 tight game but you know yarn croak is going to score or something or gregor like we're going to get one of those it's not going to be the guys just carrying again i don't think domi will finally get his first i would love that i was going to say domi but i'm like you know what at this point i'll just let it happen i'm gonna jinx it (laughs) okay uh let's go to questions before we sign off here so oh did i just get a new one no so Spencer Guerrero has for living done anything right since taking over. Um, Sign Matthews. Yeah. Sign Matthews to a pretty good deal. Um, not caving to Nylander's wishes, which might end up biting them in the ass if he continues to have an insane season. But uh, I think he was asking for too much of the time without the proof. 
So I'd say those are his two good things. Other than that, we'll see. It's Honestly, tough. Like the theory behind bringing in Domi and Bertuzzi on one-year deals, I really like. On paper, everything looked good. Now that we're 11 games in, eh. Like, I I liked the idea of bringing those guys in on one-year deals. I thought both were maybe a little high, but when you're coming in on one-year deals, you might have to pay a little extra. I didn't really overly like the Klingberg or the Reeves signing, but it is what it is. They're here, and it's... I'd like to see the team playing like they were the first couple of games, like what we thought, like how everybody talked at the start of the season. How they hyped themselves up for like a month and a half, and yeah. then it just fell off. It's just, yeah, that would be nice. Um, okay, so another one here from Benito the Basset Hound. Need a fourth line that can play. Can't keep comp between Nyes and Domi. Why can't Holmberg center them? Maybe Reeves goes down and a little Nicky Bobby comes up. Um, yeah, Camp is not good between Nyes and Domi. Um, Holmberg could center. Well, I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, sending Reeves down. I don't know if you can, uh, but Nikki Bobby would be great. I just don't know how we fit him up with the injuries. That's, that's the biggest problem right now is the, the cap, right? Like really, I, I don't have a no Reeves is on a 35 plus. Does that make it no move? Uh, shouldn't. I don't think so. No. So they could. But like, yeah, I don't know. Put Reeves through waivers. See what happens. <laughs> Honestly, I don't care. I don't really think anybody's going to pick him up if you did do something like that. Um, really, we need to figure out what's going on with McCabe. Like, what, what yeah. what's his what's his injury status? Is he coming back, or can you throw him on LTIR and and call someone up? Because we're so strapped right now, cap. Because if if him, Lilligren, and Timmons are all out, but not long term, we're just like sitting here screwed with too many people. Well, according we're to like, Cap Friendly, right now. A pull going away from an e-bug. According to Cap Friendly right now, the only person not on LTIR that's out is McCabe. Oh. Muzz and Murray, Lilligren, and Timmons are all on LTIR. Lilligren, it already is. Shit, okay. Well, I thought Timmons sprain. was coming off. High ankle sprain. That's not going to be a, a quick return, no. right? No, I just didn't realize it would go through that quick. Okay. Um, bu- 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 VI blue and white zapper. How sad is it that this team's GM needed to come and explain to them how to be a proper team? It seems to happen every year. Someone gets run. The team's response is brought into question. They play a couple scrappy games and it's back to monotony. Uh, yeah, this seems to be a repeat of, you know, when Matthews got run and then that time when Spezza fought and then, you know, like name it, this happens a couple times, you know, one, I'd say once every three months, some shit goes down. Nobody does anything. We talk about this. You know, who should we bring in? We finally brought the guys in and still nothing's happening. So, yeah, I don't I don't understand. It's embarrassing that the GM had to be like, look, guys, I'm getting made fun of because we're soft. Cut the shit out. Like, 
you all get paid a lot of money to be here to play a fucking game so play it properly and the way that this guy that i also pay is telling you to do it that that's what's got to make you think like i know Keith and tree living had the talks in the off season and he's got the vote of confidence excuse me sorry but when we're seeing the same thing year in and year out like I, I've said it tonight that I'm, I'm typically an eternal optimist, but I don't know something, something's flipped. Like show us, show us that you still have command of this room, that you can still get these guys to do what you want them to do. I know we're putting a lot on, on Keith in, in all of this, but like, I mean, we've gone through a lot of people here. Um, when does this conversation turn around onto Shanahan who just kind of is like the wizard of Oz, you know, don't look behind the MLSE screen and see what we're doing back here. Like, don't ever bring my name up because as soon as we do, I don't, I don't like what's going to happen. So he's managed to avoid his name coming up through all of this shit, right? Like since Dubas left, we haven't really heard from him. And that was the first time we heard from him in a while. So I, um, I don't know if he's been forcing Dubas's hand uh, in some situations and now he's doing the same with Trilliving and, you know, if he's the one saying we got to keep Keith, like, I don't know what it is, but it seems like through all of this where we haven't been able to change the culture of the team, he's been the only one that's here the whole time. Yeah. Um, but at some point you have to also expect the people that you've hired to do their job you know, culture is top job. down. And, like, and he, the Boston Bruins are like, Steph and I talked about this. The Bruins can plug in anybody into their system. They're Bruins because top down, that team knows what they're doing. And everybody has, is on the same, everyone gets the same messaging. Everyone knows what the goal is. And it seems like with the Leafs, the culture isn't there. It's not coming top down. Shanahan is not creating an atmosphere where everybody knows the type of team that they want to be and that they're supposed to be. Like it's not coming from management at the very, very top, which is him. Realistically, that's still not his job. President like of hockey operations job is not to, to, uh, to uh, cultivate a culture he, around the he, team. He shouldn't be the day-to-day guy to be doing that. That should be the coach that's there doing that. That should be the but general manager. Those are the guys I mean is, that are in that position. And the people in that position are the people that are spreading a common message that comes from the president. Like, that's what I'm saying is like, they should all be on the same page and all be going for the same goal and all be providing the same messaging that, you know, this is the type of players that this is how we should be developing them. This is how we should be in practice. This is how we should be running our special teams. This is how we should be building our lineup. Like everybody across the board should be on the same page of what kind of team we are. And they're not. Like year after year, we get to this, the same point. I'm yes, it's early. Yes. Last time they turned it around, but I'm tired of every start to the season, every start to the game being the same shit every time. Like this team is, is like clockwork and I can't help, but question all the way to the top, the person who is supposed to be delivering the messaging to, like you said, his GM and his coaches to then deliver down to the team and to everybody else in the staff to try to achieve a common goal. And they can't do that. It's a really long winded answer. 
Okay, so Mike the Fanatic. Okay, what day does Keith get fired this week? I'm serious. And also, um, Gutrej2451, they need a new coach. Um, so yeah, you're not the only one. And like Steph and I talked about it last time, not necessarily calling for him to be fired, but like definitely calling into question how much credit we're giving him for this team's success over the last little bit. Like, you know, how much of a how much of this is is because of him and how much of it is because of the players that he has in his lap and the things that he's actually done might be the reasons that this team can't get any further. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know if a new coach is at this time going to be good or bad. Like, I mean, they, they asked the guys if they wanted Keith there and they extended him and kept him there after Dubas left because the guys wanted to keep him. But at what point do you tell the guys they're wrong? Well, and that's the thing. Do they want to keep him because they're comfortable with him and they know what he's going to bring? Like in this type of situation, comfort nece- might not necessarily be the best thing. Fuck, I'd bring Daryl Sutter in at this point. Okay, no, because he plays a fucking boring brand of hockey. But if he, I don't know, like, yeah, fine. There's probably a thousand people we could get that haven't actually done this for There's one behind the bench and the assistant right now. Which one? Our assistant's Everybody's favorite Bond villain. Oh, yeah, true. Guy Boucher. The Leafs are like a coaching factory. It's like everyone wants our assistants as their head coaches. Until they don't. Everyone wants to fire DJ Smith now. Yeah, and Carberry's doing wonderful in Washington right now. Yeah, and Davis is doing great. Yeah, all these ex-Leaf management guys doing so well with the new teams this year. It's just a just a great time all around. Um, fine guy, Southpaw Cal. We need a new third-line center, don't we? Yeah, um, David Kampf, not having a great season since he signed his uh, extension. It's been kind of not the campfire. Campfire's been put out a little bit. Been kind of a more of a solo stove. Little contained, <laughs> sm- little little contained, smokeless fire. Hey, no, no dissing on solo stoves. You know I love. No, them. I got one. Um, I got one too, but it's not a it's not a campfire. It's not that uh, being said. Story for another night. Do not use a fire starter in the small ones. Um, oh, like the little guy. I got the little guy. Yeah, yeah. I bought one of them for my wife because she wanted one. And yeah, don't use a fire starter in it. Let's just put it that way. Okay, good to uh, know. <laughs> um, but. No, like some some sort of shock has to go through the team right now. And I think it would be rather unfair to pin it on camp. But something needs to happen, whether it's sitting camp, whether it's sitting. Well, you can't really sit Klingberg right now with all the injuries. Like, look, I'll put it on camp as long as Keith keeps playing camp. Like, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, he plays him so much. Yeah. I can see some instances where that's bad, but like you have games like the Boston game where Matthews couldn't win a goddamn faceoff for the life of him. Like I know if your name wasn't Tavares, you weren't doing very well on faceoffs, but at that point you got to do something because typically Camp is a faceoff guy. But like, I, yeah, and I looked at hasn't I, been I looked, late. Yeah, I looked up the cap space. We actually are carrying. Too many defensemen right now. Yeah, I saw they called up Lejoie and Benoit at the same time. I'm like, why? Why did we do that? Benoit has been kind of floating around since the beginning of the season. And 
like I get Lajoie and Legison played together last year in Chicago on the AHL team. Um, and they have played together a little bit for the Marlies already this year. So they're familiar with each other, but one of those guys, either Benoit or Lajoie can go down and you have enough space to call up Nikki Bobby. Do it then. Like, I don't get why they had to bring both of them up. Was it just to see who looked better in warm up? Like, Maybe, maybe they give Benoit the game on Monday against Tampa and then they go from there to see which one they keep up. Like at this point to me, Legison stays up and then just oh, yeah. in, insert injured defenseman to, to, to come back and, and fill out the other spot. Yeah, maybe give Gio a night off. I don't know. He looked good, though. He's for, had all the, the, for all the ripping that we did on him in the offseason and to start the year. Like, a couple of good games. The last two or three, he's been uh, he's been good. Yeah, uh, honestly, props to him because he's he's come out and played a lot better than I thought he would have done, considering the workload that he's been getting. Brody's been so hot and cold, like within a two minute span. Like I'll see him out there and he does something that I'm just like, holy shit, that was bad, and then immediately like stops a, a goal from going in. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, you earned it back. Sure, fine. Speaking of stopping goals from going in, that uh, tie Max Domi saving Joseph Wall's ass and <laughs> stopping that one on the goal line that was nuts. And see, that's what I mean. Like he's not burying the puck, but Domi is doing anything and everything right now. He just wants to be useful so bad. He's trying anything. <laughs> he does. He loves putting that jersey on because because the time his dad had here, right? So. I get it. Everybody's expecting him to come in and score 30 goals or to fight every game. But like, he's not at that point of his career anymore. If, if he can continue to play like this and pot in what 40, 50 points, I'd be happy. Did you see, uh, I, sorry, I just switched. I want to go back to the questions and saw the clip. Um, apparently a guy was caught. One of the the maintenance guys on the ice was bringing uh, when they were bringing the hats off for Mat- uh, Matthew's hat trick. There was uh, a bra that he was carrying off. Oh, jeez, no. Nice, <laughs> classic. Okay, uh, Aaron, easy lifeguard seventy nine. What do you pair? Or, sorry, but who do you pair Klingberg with to make him serviceable? It's tough with all these injuries, man. But like, <laughs> fuck, try him with Lagason at this point. See if that works. You didn't like my answer? The bench. Um, the bench. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's too expensive to sit on the bench. No, like, honestly, swap him and Reeves. Let let Klingberg play a, sh- play a game forward and have Reeves, <laughs> Reeves back on the blue line. At least Reeves hits. Teach them both a little responsibility. Like, I, I guess that doesn't really help because Reeves can't skate, so he's going to just get beat by everybody. But... Yeah, I I don't know. You've you've tried in the past using Brody as your safety blanket, and and he's not there right now. Um, hopefully that's just due to the slow start, with result of missing most of the preseason. I'm willing to give him another you know five or ten games to kind of before I completely pass judgment on if he's washed or not this season considering the offseason that he had, but 
you maybe just got to start like dialing back Klingberg's minutes a bit. I know that sounds weird because you would typically would want, especially someone you're paying that much, you'd want them to be playing more to maybe work through whatever it is they've got going on. But, but I mean, between if him and Bertuzzi and all these guys are dealing with, with things that are holding them back from even playing 75%, like cut their minutes down until they're back up there. Like I agree with you. You, if you're fighting between they got to find it and work their way into the system, but they're also hurt. Like they can't do this if they're not healthy. We're just wasting everybody's time. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I think that is all. Um, anything you want to finish on before we hop out of here? Oh, we didn't talk about, um, we'll save it for, I guess another episode. We got to talk about safety gear one of these days. Yes, we we started it on the last one, but we didn't have time. So, yeah, that that fun conversation. Um, anything actually fun we can end on? <laughs> <laughs> um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. It it's okay. been yet again. It's really weird. I've I've was saying this to Marty. I've, I've been I've, I'm at a loss for words almost. Like I can talk about hockey, talk about the Leafs till like I'm blue in the face, but something feels different. I don't know if it's I'm getting old and I'm just sick of it turning into Abe Simpson yelling at a cloud here or what's going on. But it's, there's a different vibe right now, man. Something's up. Something is up. Um, It's not, it just feels like I'm watching a couple guys that are really good at hockey. And then, just filler like like not that they're plugs but just like this is not a team this is just guys skating around until the other guys get back on the ice and find the puck themselves and And it's so scary it's so weird because we have franchise altering players like this team has been around since 1917 and we have players that are breaking records all the time like marner matthews players the likes of we've never seen that our parents never saw and it's ridiculously entertaining and enjoyable watching these guys but at the same time when they're not on the ice what's going on so it's a really weird dynamic having both those mindsets of it especially for me someone like i love the history of the game so much and then you see everybody chirping on Tavares and then he comes out and he's ridiculously hot right now. Like he's showing his leadership by the fact that he's in his thirties and he's come out and he's doing what he's doing. Like I've never seen him skate this well, even in his rookie year. Honestly, like, the, the top guys have never played this well. Like any of them, like Nylander has never been this focused and on his game. Marner has never been taking shots like this. I mean, last year he started it, but it's like, it feels like they didn't reset again after last year. It was just, they kept building on it and we gotta, we gotta take advantage of this, get these guys some help, figure it out, make this not a waste of a season. Absolutely. And with that. And what I don't like is if the business is true, that you left your mom's in the hood, somebody go smoke that you. You don't leave your mom's nowhere. Never. You have money and you left your mom's there? Unacceptable. Yo, you're sick to my stomach, fam. But if it's not true, Shorty's just talking shit.
Sick to my stomach, fam. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Tune in uh, next time when we talk about whatever the hell's going on uh, with the Tampa game. Yay! (laughs) 